When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. It was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness, it was the season of light, it was the season of darkness, it was the spring of hope, it was the window of despair. This was a paraphrased statement of Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities. This episode showcased these sentiments exactly. On one end, in our country, people follow Trump, the city council and the police. They deified them. They applaud the violence on unarmed black men and other people of color, using justifications such as he wasn't a hero or a saint. He deserved to be killed. But what charges brought in on people destroying Criminals the past revered, such as murder, torture, rape, and countless other deeds that the statues exemplify. This is the apex of white privilege and supremacy. Our society is on the precipice of change. The need to uplift Black Lives Matter, as well as unhoused Black Lives Matter, is an example of this. So America and the world is giving notice to corrupt systems and sending the message that we are a part of the solution and that we are not going anywhere. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy House. I thank you all for listening and may we again meet in the light of understanding. My name is Katria Kirby. I go by Lady Bliss. Uh, I'm not performing, I'm just going to read or talk. So, I'm semi-new to LA. I'm semi-new to California, period. I'm new to the radical actions of rage personally taking over me. 
I'm new to marching in a mass of thousands demanding to be heard. I'm new to being able to physically watch as our point actually reaches the higher-ups it was meant for and accomplishing change in a peaceful manner as we did right here in this very park. What I am used to is the reason why we are all gathered here today. I know a police state. I just came from one. I grew up in one. I'm from a city where this would never happen. I'm from a city where they can gun down a black youth in the back while he runs away and it's justified by any means. A city that within a month, everybody moves on and it just adds a new fear to the mental back pocket. I'm used to roaming around all night long, sober or not, trying to stay awake, but mostly because my bones are freezing and I just can't sleep anywhere. I'm used to staying up, walking and walking and sleeping in parking garages and running around like scattered mice. Why? Because it's illegal to actually sleep outside. I'm used to a place where if I get caught sleeping outside, I'll get a ticket and eventually I'll go to jail for a week, get out, do it over and over and over again. I'm used to not having a tent and not even thinking about having a tent. There's no protest, there's no rally, there's not even a social media group in my home state like that we have here in this city. And my goal and the reason why I'm here is to make sure that it stays that way. My goal is to continue to be able to live for the people, to be able to connect with people that think like me. My goal is to make sure that LA never becomes the same police state that I just ran away from. And that's why I'm here today. Thank you. Everyone lies, everyone quiet, pop on down. 
let's take a ride. Anti-protest, they can't approach us, they lacking focus. Where they want us, they barely honest, a pack of cronies. Chant the lotus, chair the office, declare his promise. Lay good fire for all them who don't know love or who got his new school Nazis. Judas copies, nigga, who you stopping? Ooh, you copped Ooh, you got gun, what pool your gun miss? Ooh, what happened? Boo who man me, your pool got man in it. Zulu can't me, do your damage, our God can handle it. Ain't it the truth? God is good, he's always good. Can't get a room, I got things I wanna do. Trapping the booth, dabbing the moons, get chanting the crew. Sabbath is true, bad equals news, let anarchy rule. Yeah, I'm confused. Man kills man, man gets man too. Anger the youth, who made these rule the baby boomers. They done goof, black and brown united through this. Hallelujah, soon as doom, soon as Yeshua. Dead or alive, dead or alive, yeah. Dead or alive, dead or alive. Better with lies, better in eyes, hell on the rise, lady a guy, everyone quiet, pop on down, Roger, let's take a ride. Yeah, God bless you all. Thank you for coming out to the protest. Real quick before I introduce General Dogon, who's been fighting the police since before I was born. I just want to say something that, a thought that came to my mind while everyone was talking. We must defund the police. $600 billion more than any other country, we must defund the military. We must defund Hollywood and this narrative of violence and hate, where the police are the hero and there are bad, evil guys. I live on the streets. Where are these bad guys? I only see people. I only see love. We have to defund the hate narrative. God bless you all. Yo, yo, give it up for Ivan, y'all. Y'all can do better than that. Give him a little bit more, y'all. Give him more, give him more. chance to listen to him one time and I was blown away and I can't wait for you to hear him. Brother Theodore Henderson, come on up. Good afternoon everyone. I have to be honest, I can't top his beautiful protest songs. As you look back through the civil rights era, that's what propelled movement and change. First of all, I want to get some business out the way. I want somebody to repeat after me and says, all black lives matter. All black, lives matter. black women's lives matter. Black trans lives matter. Black men's lives matter. Black unhoused lives matter. All black lives matter. I cannot be free unless every one of us is free. And we cannot get forward if we are continually tearing each other down. I say this to, uh, to my white brothers and sisters, and I say this to my black brothers and sisters. We need to squash that nonsensical idea of what, who we are and who, how should we express ourselves in this perilous time. My name, as you know, is Theo Henderson. And I am an unhoused man, and I've been there for seven years. What people first think of me is that I am unhoused and I am a criminal. 
They don't see that I'm unhoused and an educated man. They don't care. That's one thing we have in common. I don't give a damn if you have a house in Beverly Hills. If the police pulls you over, you are a criminal. If you're an unhoused person that's sitting in the park, you're a criminal. If you are sitting down and bedding down on the concrete and you happen to be in an area that have NIMBYs, or which for is acronym for not in my backyard, you are going to jail or you're going to be criminalized. I have gone through all of that. I've gone through unhoused white vigilantism. I've gone through uh, terrorism from police officers that look like me and some that don't look like me. And I do mean guns drawn, billy clubs out, in the rain to throw me out of the park because they, they felt I was dangerous. I was a crazy drug dealing black man. But my story doesn't begin in the park like many of our unhoused friends and neighbors. We didn't grow up one day and says we're going to live out on the street. We had a life. We had a family. And so did I. I was an educator. I was a teacher. I was a middle school, high school, and elementary school teacher. And it happened to me. I've had the misfortune of falling ill. I am a diabetic. And I am sorry to say, because of how capitalism and the, the diet that I had, because of the a low uh, financial vista that I had in my uh, at the moment, I ate unhealthily, trying to stay on that rat race. And you know for a fact that people don't pay teachers well. They give us all the hell and grief, but police officers get over $100,000 and we get damn near the crumbs. So let's not, let's not kid ourselves. And I also want to point out, I was a damn good teacher because I put money out of my own pocket to support distressed area students that couldn't afford the supplies that was needed for them to matriculate through the system. That's another untold uh, story. And most black teachers, and most teachers in general, do that. So my story begins one day teaching, and I wasn't feeling that well. Three days later, I woke up knowing where I was. I had a diabetic coma. I, almost, I was close to having a stroke. And I had it in, in school. And as you probably know, that most parents love their kids. It distresses when you see a black person go and have a convulsion or fall and, and uh, go to the bathroom on themselves because of a medical issue. That's, that's think of the children. And you can probably imagine when I went back to school, the conversations that was had for me to retire or to uh, be let go or take a, a sick leave. Also, the problem was that I had a choice to stay in the place that I lived with no job or pay for my medical bills, which was ridiculously expensive. Medicare, before, Medicare, before Obamacare happened, it was ridiculous to try to take care of yourself in an apartment with no family and nobody to take you to physical therapy, going through different things to learn how to speak well again or to talk and be able to take the medication that you need and the diet <laughs> again. So good friends allowed me to sleep on that couch, they allowed me sleeping on the floor. Some allowed me to stay until again, those same people that you live with in your neighborhoods see me coming and going or hobbling at the time, see me as a threat. They contact the landlord. This dangerous guy is lurking around and loitering around. And as you probably have guessed, eviction were given to my friends. So I had to leave. I scrambled up a little money and lived in hotels. And I'm telling you this story to understand 
several issues. It doesn't matter the economic strata that you're from, the educational uh, degrees that you have, anybody can become a house. Life happens to all of us. And if you do not believe so, the next 120,000 that live in the departments due to COVID-19, they will be joining us in the ranks. One other thing, four years ago, I almost lost my life. I got stabbed and it was very close. I was in the hospital ICU. I now have a very long, very visible surgical scar on my, I was stabbed in eight places. I was in ICU for over like three weeks. I was on two different IVs. I was on a respirator. And one of the things that I want you to understand about being on housing, you don't have insurance, your care is very, very haphazardly. They told me that I was to go and take care of myself out there in the street to take care of the wound. Now, I understand, I want you to be very clear. Trying to do uh, self-care out there on the street where you can get infection would be ridiculous. I would not have survived. But one of the things I want to talk about is substance usage. I got almost addicted to the painkillers because the pain is excruciating. And many times when we see people that have substance usage issues or mental health crises, it's a confluence of things. Sleep apnea, sleep deprivation, and anybody can become addicted to substance uses due to trying to make the pain go away. That changed my idea on what I see people out here using because of the harsh realities of it. I damn sure gonna tell you, you get stabbed and get caught in eight different times and you have to endure sur surgery, you'll be you'll be, be begging for the morphine or the uh, uh, morphine and it was another medicine that I had it, to mitigate that pain. I want us to look at the humanity of people. When we see people, let's not judge them. Let's not diminish them. They're still human beings. There was somebody's son or daughter. That was somebody that had life into them and they had dreams. Their dreams did not end up with them being addicted. Substance usage is not a physical choice. It is a health issue. And when you criminalize these people, these people like me, I, I'm in that boat too, as well, then you diminish their humanity. When you defund the police and put the monies into a way to help our humanity, then we liberate all of us. All right. The last thing I want to leave all of you with today is this. Shirley Chisholm, she used to say, if you don't have a seat at the table, then bring your own damn folding chair. I thank you all for listening, and I hope to be in the light of understanding. shooting unarmed people of color. That ain't no damn coincidence. 
It ain't by coincidence that LA leads the nation to incarceration and, and criminalization. That ain't no damn coincidence. And it ain't no damn coincidence that LA is the most racist city west of the Mississippi. And it ain't no damn incident, right, that LA leads the nation in homeless. And the majority of those homeless faces you see on Skid Row is black. That ain't no damn, damn coincidence, right? I don't call those coincidences. I don't even believe in coincidence, right? That ain't no damn coincidence. And so that's why you're here today. This is why I'm here today. You should be pissed off is the reason why you're here today. You should be mad as hell, right? We should still be in the streets. We finna get in the streets right now. But the reason why we need to get in the streets and stay in the streets is because when this is all over with, we ain't gonna have nothing coming. They ain't gonna wanna see us for the next 50 years. They ain't even gonna wanna talk to us. So we better get everything we got coming right now. So the time now is for us to take it in the streets. When you look around the other parts of the nation, you see people's taking in the streets. And they, they rechange and redesigning our communities. That's what we gotta do. We gotta take it to the streets and redesign our community for there's housing for everybody or housing for nobody. We can't leave our homeless brothers out of the streets. We gotta remove the police. We don't need them. Send their ass on the rocket ship to planet dump dumps so damn well, right? All they do is take all the goddamn money around here. And so when we take it to the streets, we can snatch down some Confederate statues and all that too along the way. Right? We need to totally change our communities to where it reflect us. You see these capitalist ass businesses that's blood sucking us. Why we gotta pay four ninety nine plus tax for some? You can buy the 99 cent store, right? So we need to remove them out of our community. So now, we ready to go. Can we get some marching moving? And when we leave, we ain't gonna stop. We gonna do it back until we own this motherfucker. So check it out, y'all. Give it up for Je General Dogon. They accept funds for a 50-bed year-round shelter. Missing a 24-year-old unhoused man last seen in Echo Park. Alaska Assembly looks to expand where it can set up shelters. Santa Ana, California will provide temporary shelters will shift from temporary shelters to something more permanent. In Los Angeles, Los Angeles will provide over 6,700 beds to the unhoused near freeways, over the freeways, and inside the tunnels. Permanent shelter in Coastal Mesa will be built near the John Wayne Airport. A quick comment on this. It is a common refrain after countless issues, uh, protests, putting pressure to the city council, and then legal action to provide shelters for unhoused people. If you listen to Weeding and House, you've always heard that many unhoused people do not like shelters because of the penitentiary-style organization scheme that, that goes on. Also, the fanaticism of the religious organizations that criminalize and have a toxic relationship with the unhoused community. So this solution is not really a solution. It's a holding station for unhoused people to put your foot closer to their neck. And this is unhoused news.
is Theo Henderson from Weedy Unhoused, and right now I stumbled upon a well-built shower, and it has signs that says, even ancient Rome had public bathhouses. Mayor Eric Garcetti took our showers. Can you talk about this? What happened? Well, uh, about, I'd say about a month, maybe to a month and a half ago, uh, my friend Iman here lives in this tent, told us that they stopped letting people shower down at the homeless shelter. Okay. Um, they used to shower like every other hour on the hour, you know, 2.30, 4.30, so we could shower. Right. Uh, since I couldn't do that anymore, we're stuck with the one shower a week at the, at the trucks, which right. is a blessing, but still a pain. Right, right. So uh, we were looking up showers, camp showers, things online. They were either expensive or junk. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I used to run a small company uh, doing, you know, home repairs, construction, oh, okay. things like that. Uh-huh. So basically... What I did is I decided to do this. Now, altogether, the materials mm-hmm. uh, were only about $70. Oh, and, really? Uh, that could be chopped down a bit. Okay. Um, LA Power actually brought us out to uh, uh, the uh, Power uh, Jet, to be specific. Uh, this could just be optional. That's like right. extra. So basically, I did a basic crane job. Okay. I uh, did six foot by three foot. Okay. Squared it off. Right. Uh, there's two pieces of plywood on top. Right. Cut a, cut a hole a foot in diameter. This comes down like this. Oh, I see. Um, Dave, or Zach, could you go grab the, uh, the, the thing from right in my door frame? Right. Um, so basically, so this comes in. We got a little floor here. Right. Uh, now, so I dug a, a trench, a little hole. Oh, I see. Runs all the way over to here, so it ah. goes right into the sewer. Wow. So it doesn't actually destroy our, our ground oh, okay. or the city property. Okay. Um, like I said, all basically, the duct tape's there just so we don't have any, like, actual, like... You know, things that don't hurt people. Right. We got hooks over here. You can put clothes on. Okay. Now, what I'm trying to do is... And could you get me a chair of some sort? Because I'm short. All right, okay. So you take uh, one of these, uh, five-gallon, you know, things that a lot of people overlook in their office buildings here, you know? Right. This is a blessing. See how this fountain, that fountain, none of our fountains work anymore. Okay. Wow. Uh, I don't know. Uh, We think it was the city. Oh, man. They just... Took out the water? Let's put it anywhere. So you take one of these. Now it's usually full. Now a full one of these will get you a good 10, 15 minutes of shower time. Oh, okay. Believe it or not. So you go, and then you just put the stick in here. Uh-huh. Right over, turn it on, and let the water run. Oh, I see. Wow. And, uh, you know, once it actually gets going. Okay. You know, okay. Let it get going. All right. Am I missing? Oh, missing a bit. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah. 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 Top, top, top. Very ingenious. There we go. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the top is on. Oh, okay. The suction was preventing. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, if you look, it comes down once it fills up. Yes. You got a full shower head there. Oh, impressive. See, these, these fill up. There we go. Oh, right. So, you know, you go in, you bathe up, mm-hmm. you, you know, get going. Right. You rinse off. Got right. 10, 15 minutes to go. Now, uh... Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's what it was. That was the stop the top. Yeah. I wonder why this one hole is bigger than the rest right now. Okay. Someone might have popped it, might need... And uh, it's all very easy to repair. See, oh, this good. is all, uh, I don't know if uh, anyone's familiar with painter's plastic. Oh, painter's they, plastic. They, they, oh, they really? put this down before they do a paint job or something like that, mm-hmm. so they don't get paint on your carpet right. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So all this is, is, once we did the frame job, we were like, well, we could just ply it, plywood it all up, but that's an extra, you know, 15 bucks. We just got one of these, mm-hmm. run around with it, staple gunned it on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And up here, uh, the two pieces of plywood are together. Right, right. Uh, we just uh, take the top off, put new, put new plastic in, put it on. Yeah, wow, what? I'm impressed. That's a You're very a good friend. Yeah, it is. Well, I, well, you know, I, I, absolutely, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that came as a blessing. Yes. He came into camp. He's actually newer to our camp. He's been here 
like we have since he's got here. He's helped every person he's met. Oh, perfect. Sometimes a little too much. It's uh, <laughs> a little bit. He's yeah. had to move his camp because he was being taken advantage of. Yeah. Well, but yeah. Um, so since we've built this to stay on topic, um, we've uh, discussed it with other organizations. Mm-hmm. We're actually supposed to be going to other camps like down at Huntington Park and stuff like that and build ones for them. Oh, cool. Um, just to kind of get it going. It's been uh, a trouble getting it done with us. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have to build it here, transport it whole, right, there, right. transport it, then transportation is yes, problem, yes. scheduling is problem. Yes. Plus, um, the whole reason I don't have the company and stuff anymore is I had a big car accident. Oh, I see. Yeah, a couple years ago. And um, it, it gave me a bum leg, and now I, I, I'm limping Mobility, around. Right. Like right now, it's hurting. I don't know if you can't tell my posture is changed from confident to hurting. I need to have a surgery done. I have, uh, uh, one, one of my, uh, my spine slipped or something, and I slipped the disc. Yes, yes. I have a pinched nerve. The pinched nerve is causing me to have sciatica. Ah, and it's I see. horrible. It's the worst pain I've ever had. So, uh, uh, how long have you been out here? Uh, well, I, I've been in Echo Park uh, for about six months now. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm originally from Massachusetts. Oh. Okay. Uh, when that all happened, uh, when my money ran dry, we came out here. Oh, I see. I see. When we left Massachusetts, there was snow to our eyeballs. Can you see oh, wow. why we came here? I can know? imagine so. Uh, you know, people are die- people die out there just for the cold. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So uh, out here is great. Uh, you know, the people in this park are great. Even the homeless. Uh, best camp I've been to yet. You know, everyone tries to pick up after themselves you know we find trash we try to pick it up mm-hmm. um, things like that oh perfect I mean, of course you have your bad apples everywhere you go uh-huh. you know, bad apples irony you know but I uh, know this one's really good uh, you know we all try to help each other we stay together mm-hmm. um, there's no stealing um, you know we drugs to a minimum uh, we all smoke weed together. Okay. You know, we're okay. a family that smokes together, stays together. Right. So, but no, it's really good. Uh, well, who are you guys with? I'm with I'm Theo Henderson with Weedy Unhoused. I uh, deal with a podcast that deal with people that are living on the streets. I too am unhoused, uh, and I, yeah, I have uh, taken created a podcast and hosted. Uh, to talk about different people's stories that lives on the street. Absolutely. So. Well, we completely appreciate you. Maybe we can set up a time you can uh, meet me and my, and my wife. Yeah, uh, see, please. Honey, I would love to. Honey, want to be on a podcast real quick? Say hi to people. No, not right now. Not, not the time. All right. All right. Well, I told them if you'd like to talk sometime, we can schedule the time and talk. Indeed. So, um, but yeah, no, that'd be great. We'd love to get our story out there. And uh, what we really appreciate is people getting awareness out, yes. trying to actually help us. And yes. you know, it, you know, there are more open homes in this country than there are homeless people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's no reason for us to be out on the street. I no totally reason. agree. No Thank reason. you again. What is your name again? Uh, well, they call me Batman, but my name is Zach. All right. You know? Zach Batman. Thank you. This is Theo Henry. From Weedy and House. I thank you for showing us this, and we will definitely come back and give you guys another featured interview. Absolutely. I Find thank- out why they call me Batman. Yes. <laughs> will do. This is Leo Henderson. I thank you all for listening, and may we again meet in the light of understanding. from Weedy Unhoused. I'm here and before a protest and I'm talking to another unhoused neighbor and I want to get his intake on what you feel about the protests out here. What's your thoughts on it? My thoughts on this protest is the Rainbow Coalition should be 
equally involved in this because not only does black lives matter, all lives matter. All colors are in the rainbow. So it should be a combination of the Rainbow Coalition with special emphasis on the blacks because the blacks, they have moved the blacks to the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to job, housing, and, and, and social living and all of that, you know? So that's my intake on the protest. The, like I said, the Rainbow Coalition should be equally involved in this because all lives matter. All colors, like I said, is in the rainbow. And the rainbow symbolizes you, the Caucasian, the Oriental, the Hispanics, and all the above. All races should be. You mean, you mean Asians? Oriental is a rug. Um, but here is the thing. Uh, right now, they're focusing on the brutality. Did you hear what happened with George Floyd? No, I didn't. No, I'm, I'm late on that. I haven't been, had the privilege of listening at the TV or being around like communication, like what news is being reported. I hear it on, through the streets, through the grapevine. And what did you hear? I heard, like, honestly, I see signs say the police killer cops. They killed somebody named Rihanna. I don't know. Rihanna it, Taylor. Rihanna Taylor. Yeah. And I feel like the blacks that's out here, on, that's being homeless, they are targeted because, like, they feel like the homeless doesn't matter and the homeless population is comprised mostly of blacks. So they trying to orchestrate the homeless blacks. They trying to they got us out though and they say the coronavirus, well they giving all the low bottom jobs to the Hispanics, so they creating a a war, a race war among Hispanics and blacks. That's what the police is doing. They promoting this. And that's my take on it, you know. Well, thank you. Uh, how long have you been out here? Well, I've been on the street since 2017. I lost my wife in 2017. Oh, and I was lying on then. I went to jail, lost my job, my apartment, my car, my everything because of a lie. Mm -hmm. And the police, they know I didn't pull no knife up on them. I just got off of work. What I look like carrying a knife, I'm coming home from work. And I got my coffee cup and my car keys in my hand. And my neighbor, which was a black man, lied him and his girlfriend, said, I put a knife on him. I ain't put no knife on nobody, man. Well, I'm just getting off of work. I don't, well, I don't work with a knife. I'm a custodian. I had my coffee cup and car keys in my head, and they gave me four years in a strike just to keep me behind the eight ball. That's what the police is doing. They trying to, they, the blacks, they gonna trump up charges on them, and then, like, give you a strike, and every little thing you do, they gonna come, and like, like last week, they locked me up for nothing. I said, what, what did they say? Why did they, why did they lock you up? Well, they say I had a warrant, but uh, that warrant that they picked me up for, I wasn't supposed to go to court until the 30th of this month. What was the warrant for? I mean, Publ Public drunk, and I wasn't drunk. Oh, my goodness. And I had just come out the liquor store, had the bottle, and I got the bottle set like I'm sitting down here, like this right here. Right. The bottle set right there. I got to arguing with somebody in a, in a marijuana shop and because they took my friend's weed shop. And I went to talk to the people about it. And the next thing I know, they called the sheriff, and I done walked across the street. I'm gone. I ain't did nothing. I ain't did nothing. And I go over there, and they come over, and I got the bottle right there, just like I ain't never been sitting on the curb. And I'm home, and they come over there and lock me up. Talking about some public drunk. And I hit the bottle, ain't never been open. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, so th I didn't get your name. My name is Theo. My name is John Edward Blackman. Okay. Mr. Blackman, thank you very much for your, uh, your time and you're telling me what your perspective is. Um, is there anything 
Is there anything or any way that people could help you in your situation? Well, the only thing I can say, like, well, I'm not out. You see, I'm sitting down. I'm not breaking no law. I don't need the police harassing me because I feel like I got a target on my back. And every chance they get, they're going to catch me isolated. They want to come lock me up. They trump up some charges. And I just need some, just like uh, Whitney Houston, she did that movie, Bodyguard. Right. I know what that means. She had to have a bodyguard, but they ended up killing her anyway. She didn't drown. Them folks drugged her up and killed her. Well, thank you, Mr. Blackman. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy and House. I thank you all for listening, and may we again meet in the light of understanding. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy House. I have got here a life for a life, a hunger strike. This is a, a dramatic example of standing up for justice. And I wanted to ask you what motivated you to do a hunger strike? Many people probably won't believe these words as I say them because I didn't believe them myself when I experienced it. But I received a message from God. Okay. And this uh, prompted you to do this. Uh, what do you hope to accomplish? Uh, how long have you been on a hunger strike? This is my third day on my hunger strike. And my intentions for this hunger strike with everyone that I meet in the streets here is to spread the message that I want an audience with the mayor. Because you don't take a powerful message to the masses because what's right is never popular. And if I want to be met with adversity in the streets, then I will just tell my message to everyone. But no, this message is for one person. And if people want me to eat, if people care at all about my life, please send a message to the mayor to talk to Christian Steele. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, hopefully people will prompt them, the Mr. Garcetti to do something about it. And just before you go, sir, one last thing. Despite my mystery behind my own message, it represents all of us. This message represents all of us. I'm here for the freedom of all of us. There you have it. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy and House. I thank you all for listening. And we have an interesting message that was given us on a hunger strike. Let us mill about and see what else we have here. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy and House. I'm in the studios with a gentleman that's running for Congress. His name is David Kim, and he has a platform that deals with the unhoused crisis that's going on. Let's introduce David. Hi, nice to, uh, thanks for having me, Leo. Uh, my name is David. I'm running for Congress here in California's 34th Congressional District, which covers downtown LA, Koreatown, Eagle Rock, Highland Park, Lincoln Heights, Westlake, and surrounding neighborhoods. Excellent. My question is that who are you running against? I am running against uh, the current incumbent Jimmy Gomez. Oh. Yes, he's a he's he's a self-alleged progressive, but not pretty not really progressive at all. What got you started in wanting to run for Congress? So um, ten months ago, I had no idea I'd be running for Congress. I was actually helping um, Kenneth Mejia run for Congress yes. two years ago. Um, I was I remember getting a text from him 
reading about his platform and realizing, holy sh**, like, this is the platform to run on and to win. And so I ended up helping him. Um, unfortunately, he didn't win the election, but as a Green Party candidate, he got less than, I mean, so there's less than 1% registered as Green in our district, but he managed to win a total 28% of the total vote for the general oh, that's election. Impressive. So that means a third of Democrats didn't even vote for their own uh, candidate because they don't think he's progressive enough and he hasn't been really doing anything for the district. So, so yeah. So you're with the Green Party, huh? I am not with the Green Party, so I was actually trying to get Kenneth to run again, mm -hmm. but he was too tired from running because yeah. he was so burnt out. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, fine, then you don't have to run with the Democratic Party, just run Green Party, but he still wouldn't because mm -hmm. he was so tired. Um, and so then I was like, you know what, then I'm gonna throw my hat into the race. And I think for us to like, um, for me, I'm not really like, um, because I think the whole Democrat Party is corrupt and uh, corporate anyway. Mm -hmm. But I think right now, just being realistic, it's a numbers game for us to really have a chance to win the progressives in this district. Right. We sort of need to win in Rome, play as, as they do. And then once we are able to take that to our advantage and win, then yeah, then we can definitely put Los Angeles on the map because it doesn't make sense that we've been neglected for so long federally on a national level. You know, I was thinking too, when I never heard of Mr. Gomez, <laughs> but I had heard of Kenneth Mejia and I heard about it. And there is like a seismic shift going on in the Democratic Party yeah. um, from the old uh, old guard, from the new guard, who's saying some of the things are not working, which is one of the reasons why I think Bernie Sanders was much more palatable to people and people like Andrew Yang, yeah. um, because they were looking for something different. That's something that's going to work instead of the established uh, system that is already uh, out there. Yeah. So um, I want to touch in on some issues because what, um, tell us what your platform is and then we can get ex um, examine those questions and issues. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, what the main reason that got me to run, I mean, before that was helping Kenneth's campaign. And the reason why I helped out Kenneth's campaign was it just doesn't make sense where we have so like masses of people having two to three jobs just to make ends meet, masses of people unhoused. Um, and then now COVID-19, everything's accelerated it, mm -hmm. where now we have massive people with no jobs to make ends meet, and now the city's just opening up to brush everything under the carpet, mm -hmm. acting like nothing happened. And so we're about to have, see a bunch of evictions happen. And so I, I think kind of long story short, like I feel like if the people, if we don't step up and stand up and run for office, then this is just gonna get worse. Our 40 year wage stagnation is gonna be 50 years, 60 or 70 years. And so that's why I feel like you kind of nailed it right on. Like instead of lip service anymore, where we're where we're corp where we're bailing out corporations, we really, really, really need to bail out the people right now. And so that's where the old guard and new guard is changing right now. Where like our campaign, we're refusing to accept any corporate PAC money, any non-corporate PAC money, because we feel like it should really be directly from the people. Because when you have a current congressman who says, "Hey, everybody should have single payer health care," but then he's taking the biggest donations from Big Farm. Mm -hmm. When when he says, "Hey, public college should be free for everybody," but he takes the biggest donations from student debt collectors, it's like, "Come on, did your mom and dad tell you like to walk the walk and not just talk the talk?" Like, because your actions aren't speaking louder than your words right now, and so. Case in point, we just before we started our interview, there was a gentleman over there who was uh, railing against the younger generation, and I had to remind him gently that, you know, his his elders did not uh, approve of everything that he did, and it's also you can't see the world from their eyes, and they can't see the world from your eyes. 
they realize that there are some things that are broken that the older generation have may have um, didn't take care of or just basically by indifference or by a change of opinion um, it's okay with keeping the status quo yeah. the younger generation during their own language and their own in ingenuity and innovativeness um, are trying to do things and bring change uh, so with that said there's a lot of people in Los Angeles California downtown and the areas that you mentioned there's a strong root there's a pernicious weed that is sprouted up with it's called nimbyism yeah. They have a very hostile idea of where unhoused people should be, yeah. how where unhoused people should uh, not be, and their viewpoint of the unhoused crisis is so out of touch, and it's been so out of touch for some years. How do you plan on um, addressing that, and what are you planning on doing to do, uh, to make the unhoused community's voice heard? Yeah, I mean, in regards to the NIMBYs, uh, to, to first let you know clearly where I am, I'm a Fimbyist. Mm -hmm. um, so beyond YIMBY, I think YIMBYs are great, but mm -hmm. I think we need to go a little further in the sense of with Los Angeles, we have less than 10,000 public housing units, which is so minuscule compared to other cities and counties all over the country. Mm -hmm. And that's because in the 1950s, there was actually a movement to stop public housing from happening. And I think, I forgot what it was called. It was some, it was called like the anti-socialist or whatever group, mm -hmm. but then they succeeded. And now we have, um, and that's actually made our housing crisis even worse, where we have gentrification continuing to happen, but yet our communities and people continue to get displaced or evicted and, and have just our parks and our streets to, to really call home now. And so I think there needs to be really a push where we are ending all developer money donations, and that obviously has to come on a federal level with ending Citizens versus United. But before that even happens, our current congressman, although he advocates for ending Citizens versus United, why can't he just take a initiative to stop taking real estate developer money as well? And that's what I think Los Angeles right now we have the biggest problem is nobody. We need to. We need somebody to uh, shine the spotlight and 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 the flashlight on Los Angeles corrupt politics because. Like you know, Justin Jong-woo Kim, who paid $500,000 to the LA city official the other day, he's also the same donor for my opponent as well. So you see LA being so corrupt in its developer money cash politics that this needs to expose. So one of my goals after getting elected into office is to expose this completely and have Los Angeles be investigated by the federal government with the money that's being taken right now. But then secondly, I think, so we need to end corruption um, at, the, at where it starts. And that starts with like, everywhere here like my opponent his wife is the chief of operations for mayor garcetti himself so it's like when you see that kind of not to say that that inherently is bad but if you're if you're a federal congressman and your wife is the chief of operations for the mayor of los angeles then there should be some better coordination between the housing funds that are delivered like with the community block development grant they they granted up to 10 billion dollars in um in the cares act but where where do we see the money how is that being funneled are the cities and counties really working together with that has our has our congressman even had a discussion with that with our mayor about that mm -hmm. so i think in terms of that like on the federal state and local level everything is just shit, and so that needs to change that's the first thing but now number two how do we do the solutions and and so our campaign we've completely fully embraced the homes guarantee mm -hmm. which was started by the people's action um, um uh, which was also sort of like an uh, offshoot of the Bernie movement back in 2016. Mm -hmm. But the Homes Guarantee is all about reinvesting into public housing. There's about $70 billion worth of improvements that need to be made to current public housing. Mm -hmm. And most of the people in public housing are people of color, and it's completely racist for them not to 
fix and make improvements to the current housing. That's the first thing. And then number two, we need to go ahead and build 12 million social housing units because that's the number of households that are in poverty right now um, and that are homeless across the nation. And so it's building that minimum 12 million. And then of that 12 million, setting aside for um, in terms of permanent supportive housing with wraparound services for those who need it in, in, in whatever areas that they need and being able to also cap so for these social housing units, it sort of mirrors the models in Europe where we would be able to cap the income of different qualifying residents where they don't have to pay more than a third of their income because currently in the, in the nation, we have 40 plus million renting households. Half of them pay uh, more than a third of their income and a, a, at least a fourth of them pay more than half of their income. And so when you think about that, rent is, rent and, rent is really something that really ties down the people. It's increasing. In our district, for example, the average rent for a one-bedroom apartment is $2,000 a month, yet the median income for a family of four is $36,000. So you wonder, how in the world is anybody able to live like that? Yet our elected officials continue to get reelected, saying that they're helping the people and they're, and they're doing all of this. But, but kind of what the process is right now, Theo, is they're going to D.C., they're legislating in a room behind closed doors, and then they come out and they're like, hey guys, we got you crumbs, aren't you happy? When it should actually be the other way around, where they're talking with Theo, where they're talking with me, where they're talking with Carlos, and they're like, hey guys, what do you think are our issues right now? What relief do you want to see? And then taking that, and then going to DC, and then legislating. But it's the other way around, and I think what the problem is right now, I think going back to the old guard, new guard that you had pointed out, is um, in regards to, I think, the older, I don't know, the establishment Democrats, they don't really think that corporate donations are a big deal, but actually when you look back at the course of history with the death of the pension in 1978 when the 401k was created, that was the result of big companies lobbying Congress to pass on the risk of retirement to the people instead because they didn't want to pay for that shit. Now, now we see the same thing with everything else, and so where are we going to draw the line to stop this? But our elected officials continue to bail out corporations, and so I think it's really a time to go ahead and say no, enough is enough. And so we have down ballot progressives all across the country running a different congressional races. If you go on Twitter and just type in the hashtag down ballot progressives, and so a lot of us we're working on different issues that are important for our region. For us, Los Angeles, it's obviously housing, and so with that, we need a national bill of uh, tenants' rights. We need rent control. We need a right to counsel for everyone. And we need to go ahead and expand this at a faster pace. And I mean, it's not to say that like Yimbis, they're doing a great job of uh, removing exclusionary zoning policies and allowing for multi-dwelling units mm -hmm. and all of that. That's great. But I think we need to go further. And that's where the FEMBI is. I think that's an excellent point because I actually want to go even further too is with the idea of that needs to be overhauled. Um, I was talking before we got here about the project room key and unfortunately we the city has allowed old former shelters to have these old repressive ideas and triggering behaviors um, to house unhoused people. For example, curfews. That's a problem. And I was telling them about it. That triggers me because, especially as a person of color, I don't want to be locked in or told where I can be or not be. The second thing is the lack of autonomy. For example, you can't get a key. Someone has to key you in. Um, they use the uh, an excuse talking about the nurse is going to be as leaves at seven o'clock, but that's unacceptable. Still, you know, they go home and they and so why are you suggesting 
that unhoused people need to be incarcerated. They need to be locked somewhere. They need to be shut away. And this is not necessarily always NIMBYs. This is people that are in service providers for unhoused people that believes this. And uh, if we're going to truly change the housing crisis and tr- housing, how we deal with the unhoused population, we need to have a very uh, a thought, uh, a, a paradigm shift in the respect how we treat them. There are also another issue. Um, there are people out here that uses substances. And then you tell them that they can't use substances as if it's a voluntary choice, it's a health issue, a health matter, or they have mental health crisis. You throw them out. And because you're trying to treat it as a, a dry out shelter or whatever, that is not acceptable. You, you you know where they are. You need to meet them where they are and you need to be able to uh, reexamine or reshape. But that ties into the nimbyism. Yeah. Nimbyism creates and dictates the punitive ordinances that we have, the policies that we have and people that well-meaning people that get involved, they don't understand that their their foothold is, is, is very entrenched into the mud. So we have to do a very paradigm shift in all things, and that's why I do We Need House, because I advocate for it. Yeah. The, the second question I have, and the wind is blowing it away, <laughs> is this. Uh, what are your thoughts on Project Room Key? Yeah, with Project Room Key, I mean, what it's, it's just interesting how suddenly you check one day after these, they, they report their stats on Twitter. Yes, yes, yes. But it's like, what? Why do you have suddenly 3,000 fills without there being any updates? Where, what, what, are you guys just changing the numbers in the Excel spreadsheet? And so I think the first thing is accountability. Mm-hmm. There should actually be um, a, a deeper accountability process where people are able to do public comment, where there's actually weekly updates on that, and, and people are able to contribute to how that process is being done. Because right now, it's without any public contribution and with any public involvement. It's just whatever whoever is assigned to do it in the city government is doing it. And I think even with that, on a federal level, what our congressmen or what federal elected officials could have done is, hey guys, when we're, when we're allocating $10 billion, $3 billion to community block development, we're allocating $4 billion to assistance services and, and housing authorities and $5 billion to another, when we do this, let's, let's attach the condition that they need to commandeer hotels so that when they're able to tap, tap into these funds. And why don't we see that coordination being done? Because if we had been, if that had been done, then we could see a bigger involvement in Project Room Key. Then we could see actually uh, people being in it. And, and in terms of, I think, I mean, and then that goes to say the mayor should have commandeered hotels to go ahead and do it and not just ask them to participate yes. in a crisis like this. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yes. And so that's where our federal officials, where I know a lot of hotels owners are like, oh, but if, if we let them in, our hotel's going to be damaged. First of all, it's not going to be. Exactly. But second of all, <laughs> to, to alleviate whatever their concerns are, yeah. like, here's a fund that you can use to, to fix whatever imaginary issues you have. And so that's what it should have been done, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to... But the, but the nimbyism, that's what the part of the problem was. It's like the nimbyism is so pervasive. They know full well, after with the Project Room Key was over, that they were going to renovate those places anyway. It just was an re- excuse. They even sued the cities and things of that nature. The issue is, I'll give you a perfect one. Uh, the Salvation Army out in Bell, California, has a very uh, punitive policy. You have to go through the wand all the time as if you're a criminal, and then they, you can't not stay in your bed area and they use the excuse because someone will steal your stuff now as a human being that has your own autonomy at the time i was injured i, I you know some days i want to just lay down like anybody else like if they are uh, unhoused but you couldn't do that until a certain time because uh, the caseworker at the time told me because the county 
uh, uh, demands that you leave the place, at, uh, uh, leave the area, the bed area. Yeah. So these are the issues that I think that really needs to be addressed because yeah. uh, people are talking about Project Room Key and then when they feel find out like one of the residents didn't want to go, it's because of these issues. Yeah. It's like we're, we as an unhoused community, we're, we're on the verge of protesting too because you, it, it, Black Lives Matter should be a wake-up call to you to understand these things that you guys are doing, no matter how you felt that this was a, doing the best thing, it's over. These yeah. these ideas that you have, it's going to it's going to require Congress people uh, or people that in the office to really put the pressure on them and to tell them that this is not acceptable. Yeah. Um, on an, another issue is why do city officials believe shelters are the answer for the unhoused community? I think. I mean, in regards to the whole shelter idea, first of all, it's. Um, I think what the biggest issue is is they. That's not in their priorities, to be honest with you. And mm -hmm. I mean, if it was in their priorities, then would shelters be the solution? Mm -hmm. No, it wouldn't. Like, if they actually freaking cared, shelters wouldn't even come up. Because if they were to even understand the way that shelters work, or even understand what rules and um, absurd policies are being put in place that they're probably not even aware of, or they are completely aware of, mm -hmm. then that even shows the callousness of their heart. But I think this whole idea of shelters is, is, is steeped into this. It's, it's a mere cop-out. It's like, um, it's, a, it's a cop-out for elected officials to say that they're doing something when they're actually not. So that's another, and I, sad to say, I mean, I'm not an, I'm not an ageist at all. I mm -hmm. totally am not. Mm -hmm. But sad to say, I think with our politics, there's this old mentality that also needs to be renewed and changed. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need to go ahead and change the old guard with the new guard coming mm -hmm. in, because these are our, our elected officials. They're in the mentality of like. Of, of, of putting people in shelters, throwing away their belongings, doing what they think is right for them, when it's like, dude, you're throwing away their entire possessions. Like, it's service is not sweeps. And I think that's what, like, even our whole city was like, oh, like, no, we, we're going to continue with our sweeps, but the court case, what was it, a, a month or two months ago? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, you couldn't do that. Uh, it was a Boise versus... Uh, uh... Yeah. Uh, Martin versus Boise. Yes, Martin versus yes, Boise. Martin yes. versus Boise. So, yes. like, even with that, it's like, it clearly shows that our officials actually don't have the priorities in the heart there. And so I think from now on, like, a lot of us need to be vigilant in the sense of who are we electing and re-electing into office and where their platforms are. And I think I think the key thing is, like, what my mom ta taught me is, like, and, and what everybody is, you put... You, you always, instead of talking the talk, you always need to walk the walk, and mm -hmm. it's really putting your money where the mouth, mm -hmm. where your mouth is, and looking at the LA budget, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you probably know where 54% yeah. of it yeah. <laughs> was originally allocated to the LAPD, yep. and then we have um, neighborhood done with, I'm, I serve on the MacArthur Park Neighborhood Council Services, e oh, okay. and with our funds being super minuscule, it's like a fraction of a percentage compared to the LAPD, Right, right. and it's like, what? <laughs> Why do we exist then if you're not going to give us any money? Exactly. Like, and then they say they have no money to go ahead and like I think I think that I saw a graphic the other day the the city if they spent I think the number was 500 or 600 million mm -hmm. um, just a portion of the LAPD budget and reinvested that. Yeah. We wouldn't have any unhoused communities here. Well, and that's a very good point because here's another thing is like this is like a system a plan is in place. First you got the developers uh, they. Uh, want to come in and gentrify or colonize the area and displace people of color and uh, housing insecure people. Yeah. So they come in, they use the city council to enact uh, things like bids, business improvement district. In fact, I was at one, uh, was, I saw one of the bid meetings about how they 
have over 25,000 bids in the country. And to that end, they use those bids to displace and have a close relationship with the LAPD or police officers around the world yeah. to help displace, ticket, site, um, uh, uh, hassle, unhoused people so that can, uh, what they call, instead of gentrify, enliven the area so pedestrian traffic could take place that are able to spend money in their areas. Yeah. So the areas, the issue is, they know that there's going to be some displacement. They know that there's going to be some problems. But the issue is, how can we uh, defund the police and defund bids and break up this relationship? The LAPD is basically a mafia chieftain. They have controlled the narrative so to, in every area. They're always in some conversation. They're with the bids. They're with yeah. the sanitation. Every time you look yeah. that they're somewhere infiltrating with the neighborhood council or business improvement business owners, they they slither their way into that and just make it seem like that they're indispensable. And if you don't have it, then they use the most extreme cancer, uh, examples that they have. You know, what happens if you don't have mur uh, murders or rapes and things? Yeah. So but the majority of the crimes that they are uh, picking, uh, getting are quality of life issues yeah. you know so I, I want to know what what can we do to be help try to dismantle these bids because it has to be some kind of uh, dramatic example to stop this stuff yeah I mean in regards to I mean in addition obviously I think electoral politics is the most basic thing that's the least but right now like I think what we really need to do is find any means and all means possible right now at this point and so if it is going into protests, if it is calling into public comments, I think recently in the past two months, like public comments, 400, 300, 400 people are calling in at a time where like about a year ago, hardly anybody people, anybody called into public comments. Exactly. And so right now is the time for us to really push for change. And I know that a lot of people are like, dude, dude, David, dude, Theo, you guys are being too aggressive, like cut down on it. I understand mm -hmm. the anger, but it's like, no, you don't understand the anger then if you're saying that no, mm -hmm. because this is not even close to what we should be exhibiting to our officials right now. Mm -hmm. We should be like, I mean, I mean, in terms of like rioting and stuff, I don't, I think it's completely okay for the people to do at this point because the people have been, mm -hmm. have been taken, manipulated with their money all this time anyway mm -hmm. and kicked off out of the streets. And so I think right now it's engaging in protests, it's engaging in discussions like this. It's, it's um, leading efforts, whether it be petitions, but I think it's really being voicing your opinion, if, even if it's flooding your officials' offices mm -hmm. in person or by phone mm -hmm. or through email, right. we must do all means necessary because it doesn't make sense that we have police officers right. guarding a bathroom to a bathroom. Exactly. I think it's nothing, ridiculous. When there's no violence involved, what the heck? Like, what are they going to do? They're going to kick in the bathroom to make sure you're doing number one and number two. This yeah. is so, it's so ludicrous. This is money wasted by Mitchell Farrell's office. Yeah, and so and, and exactly, and so I. I mean, I'm hopeful in the sense that I know City Councilman Herb Wesson, he did a bill where um, it's, I mean, the language is pretty general, so we don't know where it's going yet, mm -hmm. but it's about sending medical responders and um, social workers and health workers to situations that don't require police officers to show up. Absolutely. Like, to, to these situations where we don't have police officers showing up right. at protests or in bathrooms or, or um, in terms of trying to enliven the pedestrian exactly, area. Sorry, exactly, exactly. I don't even know what that term was. So it's it's like, basically gentrified, but he caught himself and says enliven the area. That's yeah. his, That's the dog whistle. <laughs> yeah, so, 
So I think I think right now, but but we have great city council candidates, and it's it's super important that people like Nitya Raman mm -hmm. make it to city council because people like her, once they're elected to office, holy shit, LA City will change, mm -hmm. and that's why it's important for people to run on the state level, the federal level, and the local level mm -hmm. because now let's say when I make it into office, mm -hmm. when Nitya makes it into city, mm -hmm. me and her are going to be talking a lot mm -hmm. in terms of how do we coordinate the federal and the local resources and support together mm -hmm. because that's what officials should be doing exactly. that's not what they're Absolutely. not doing right now so i was going to ask you because i saw on your page uh your platform uh what is your platform a community first so can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so community first i think it goes back to what i was telling earlier about how i it's so absurd that elected officials i feel like um they're they're so disconnected from their base and their community so like they're like a balloon tied to so generally the the regular the same picture should be like an analogy wise let's say the elected officials represent balloons right tied down to the ground which okay. is a community but it seems like right now like they've been cut off mm -hmm. and they're just flowing off in space by themselves <laughs> in their ideological mindsets of what would be perfect and what's not perfect right right and then they're bickering about their own personal ideologies mm -hmm. of what they think should happen and not happen mm -hmm. instead of actually going back to the base and saying hey guys what do you think should be doing what what do you think should be done mm -hmm. and then going back and so i think right now the biggest problem that we have in dc is our elected officials no matter how hard they try to connect or fathom or experience what the daily suffering is like for everybody in our district they're not able to comprehend what that is mm -hmm. so because they're not able to comprehend what that is they're not able to legislate properly mm -hmm. because they're, they're they're legislating like completely off target they're like throwing spaghetti on the wall and trying to see what what sticks and so I think the first thing that needs to happen is every single federal official should have weekly town halls before they go to leg go to legislate in DC. Can I inter interrupt there too? Uh, no, go ahead. Um, what it because what I noticed and that's an excellent idea, um, but I don't want to say I'm playing advocate, advocate, but I. Oh, yeah. Because usually what I've noticed um, when I go to city hall meetings, I always see the NIMBYs. The NIMBYs seem to overwhelm the whole process. And they have the ear of the council members because they throw money at the campaign. They, uh, they use social media to uh, rile up people by, by hatred, fear, and miseducation. And they get these, uh, for example, 4118. 5611, yeah. 6444, all it takes is an angry uh, housed uh, person that has some uh, wealth or has the, uh, the code word that they feel that uh, the unhoused person is a danger to their children at a yeah. park or a school or yeah. things like that. How can we get to a point where it's equitable that we don't give in to the community hatred or community yeah. uh, uh, ignorance? What can we do to stop that? Yeah, and I think that's where it's very important to be more aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. I think we need to break. I, what I what what's a great thing about America is that it's about this individual freedom, personal liberties, and all of that. But I think it's to a point where we've become too me, 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 where it hasn't really become a family-focused, community-focused, mm -hmm. broader perspective in mind. Right, right. And so, uh, with that being said, I think not only when, and I think a lot of us now realize when we actually stand together and bond in power, we mm -hmm. actually can make a bigger difference. Right, and right. you see that with a, a very prime example of that is People City Council. Yes, yep. People City Council, we're not, they're not like, like a group of 12 million people or a million people, they're not. Mm -hmm. They're a group of a handful of people mm -hmm. that came together and said, hey guys, we need to mobilize and organize 
they raised $2.5 million, million dollars yeah. from GoFundMe. Exactly. Like that's that's what happens when the people actually wake up and come together. Yes. It's just that we haven't seen the sleeping giant wake up yet. Yes. And right now we're slowly waking up the giant. Yes. So if we continue to organize and mobilize yes. where we have groups like our groups are getting bigger. K Town for All is getting bigger. Yeah. Ground Games getting bigger. Yeah. Los Angeles Tenants Union is getting bigger. We the Unhouse. Cans, we the Unhouse <laughs> is getting bigger. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Olympics is getting bigger. Yeah. Everyone's getting bigger. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to show like people are slowly waking up. Mm -hmm. So when people slowly wake, wake up, there's going to be a revolution soon. And mm -hmm. so like it's not just for cliche or hashtag sake that we're saying we're the revolution, but it's going to happen mm -hmm. and it is happening right now. And so don't ever underestimate the power of mobilizing and organizing together mm -hmm. and and i think that's where if we're able to organize and mobilize just as well as the nimby people do mm -hmm. we can do it more powerfully exactly. because we have bigger numbers and so if we if we all show up we can easily overpower them but it's just a matter of us showing up it's a matter of us listening to this podcast and then saying hey what's the next step what's in it for, what, what what should we be doing because to be honest, Theo, and I, I and I know that you would agree, and people listening, mm -hmm. but the whole role of an elected official is to represent the will of the people. And if they're not representing the will of the people, what are they doing, and why are they there? Exactly. And so, for me, I'm our campaign, and and once elected, we are always going to be co-governing with the people. Mm -hmm. So we will always be meeting with members of the community, and not corporate donors because we don't have any mm -hmm. um, and so that's the first and foremost thing of why it's important to always have a grassroots campaign because you're not pledging your allegiance to any corporate interest you don't have to save your time for a meeting with them because mm -hmm. now you can actually meet with the people and so for us we plan to co-govern with the people and so if you're if you're listening and you see issues on our platform and you're like hey David this is great maybe this would also be good because we take feedback from everyone because this is how this is what co-governing with the people looks like mm -hmm. and so um, that's 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 the way we can start going ahead and I think the first thing going back to your question Theo is realizing that we do have power and that power is this thing called hope inside of us because as long as our hope is there we can use that hope and convert it into power and show that power and it's just us realizing that and then using that power so it's just those two things involved really but um, yeah I think I think that <laughs> I think you covered everything I wanted to cover. I was gonna say, um, are you going to be giving any uh, public speeches or anything like that that uh, we could follow or uh, put uh, our audience into that's interested yeah. in for uh, making sure that you get out of office? Yeah, yeah. So if you actually visit davidkim2020.com, we have recordings of past live streams and town halls we've done on like on what what does universal basic income look like. What, what is um, Medicare for all? What is COVID-19 relief being given in this sense? So we have videos on that. Uh, we will be doing more live streams in the future with um, different guest speakers, um, hopefully with um, the people from Homes Guarantee as well. Mm -hmm. But we are hoping to have a debate with the current incumbent probably September, October. Oh, wow. But he's always ignored. He ignored Kenneth completely. Yeah. He ignored other people before, but... Um, okay. We have an organization that might help us push him to debate me. So if that comes up, I'll definitely let you know. Thank you very much. Uh, this is David Kim. He's running for Congress. Uh, this is Theo Henderson from Weedy and Howes. I hope we all learned something. And I thank you all for listening. And may we again meet in the light of understanding. Thank you for listening for this episode 27's Weedy and House, A Tale of Two Cities. This 
episode highlights the struggles, the indifference, and the plan of action by different community members. We either are part of the solution or we're part of the problem. What right now we're in a time of transformative change. It is up to us to only start to continue this movement forward to change. We can allow authorities and NIMBYs and police officers and law enforcement to control the narrative, or we as a citizen must put them back in the perspective place that they deserve to be. We are the ones that they serve, if not the other way around. And we should not be intimidated or bullied by a, a occupying force that holds with $3.1 billion. Thank you all for listening, and may we again meet in the light of understanding. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click Granger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done